from Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the Queen City Food Bureau Weekly Meeting. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meets to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room as we sleep open-mouthed on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from the hell that is this sub-sub-basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello! <laughs> oh, oh yes, hello. It has been a while. <laughs> I am practicing my vigorous laughter. <laughs> Why? Wow, you don't really need it for a meeting, do you? No, no, but I am I am trying out for um, uh, some summer theater, uh, oh. and they always appreciate uh, like sort of a piratical, vigorous laughter, <laughs> like that. Right. Uh, you know that summer is almost over. Uh, there's no more theater to be had. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. Yes, my bubble has burst. I have missed my shot at stardom for yet another summer. Uh, well, summer stardom. Maybe you could do a panto this Christmas. Ooh, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe uh, get the mummers in. I, I don't even know what that yeah. is, but sounds sounds similar. <laughs> a panto, yeah. I'll, I'll be the the Lord of Misrule at the panto. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, should we do attendance? I think we should. Yeah. Uh, well, the uh, first attendee at the meeting is. Um, well, I, I, I can hear your voice and know you're there. You're up, um, uh, Paul 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 Oh. That was nice. I could have told you, but I, I rather enjoyed you just kind of guessing. Oh, that's cool. But uh, I confess uh, the name of your uh, companion there, uh, whose voice is it, uh, is mine, it, it escapes me. It's Aiden. Aiden. Aiden, okay. Aiden Morgan, yeah. You know, I'm going to write that but down. But you didn't get that was just kind of sad. It, you know, I tried. You know, I, I spent so much time perfecting my vigorous laugh that it just took up the space in my mind. Where I usually store my name, my locker combination, you know, that, that kind of thing. You need memory upgrade. I, I do. I do. I need more RAM. Yeah. yeah. And ROM. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all true. Anyway, so uh, you and I are here. Uh, do we have quorum? We don't. I had my <laughs> fingers crossed for this week. That's right. We would have quorum. Oh, and yet one we day, don't. One day, the two of us will constitute quorum. And our and our resolutions will all be binding. We have to lower our expectations for the number of attendees to our meetings. You know, that's true. But I think hope is more important than like realistic expectations. That's fair. Uh, but we do have a guest. Do we now? Uh, yeah. And who is our guest? Guest, who are you? Hello. Uh, my name is Eric Hill. The Eric Hill of Swampfest fame? Yes, of the Swampfest. Brilliant. Uh, so we, uh, we, we were going to talk to you guys uh, before Swamp Fest this year, but we kind of dropped off the face of the earth and, uh, kind of got lazy and stopped having meetings because we, were, I was despairing that nobody was like paying any attention to our meetings or the reports that we produced from them. <laughs> and I've been wallowing under my desk for the last like three weeks. Yeah. And I've been practicing for summer theater, but you know, people are out at the beach, they're at the cabin. You know, it's hard to get people to come and join your meetings, I'm sure. It's true. <laughs> so we didn't we didn't get to talk to you before Swamp Fest, but here we are after Swamp Fest. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Was it did it turn out okay? Oh yeah, it was great. 
Uh, yeah. Great attendance. People had a wonderful time. Um, still have people like posting and tagging stuff from the festival weekend. Um, it's really great to see a lot of people's perspective of the of the festival kind of after the fact. So it's been really great. Nice. Now we've launched into talking about how Swamp Fest went, but what what even is Swamp Fest? <laughs> what even is it? Well, it's a it's a it's a music festival uh, that takes place on Willow Island. And this year, we also had the venue of the YCA. They have a basement gymnasium that we used as our evening venue. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so lots of kind of bands from around kind of the prairie provinces were brought in to play. And we had artists joining us on the island to kind of facilitate uh, swampy shenanigans, I like to call them. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, lots of vendors and uh, food, great food on the island from Hampton Hub. And we had the swamp dogs uh, roasting mm-hmm. on the island <laughs> as we usually do. <laughs> and um, yeah, just really nice times, beautiful weather and uh, a great island that uh, is great for music. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what about uh, Tab? What, what did what did Tab think of Swamp Fest? This, uh, uh, yeah, Tab. Issue? We we had some people concerned that Tab wasn't going to make it out because they didn't see Tab on Friday night. But then Tab came out for karaoke. I don't know if you heard about this, but we had an after party on Friday night at the Cure, and uh, yeah, Tab showed up there uh, and sang some karaoke. Uh, so so we knew things were going. You know, started off well there having Tab make an appearance. So Tab made an appearance on Saturday and uh, all the kids were, you know, following Tab around and uh, giving high fives and hugs and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, Tab also made an appearance on Sunday. They always kind of pop in, you know, throughout the weekend and uh, they, they appreciate good music and good times and good people. Question, what, uh, what karaoke songs does uh, Tab, like, uh, like a, a algal blob favor? For karaoke? Well, it's hard to say. We only got one song out of Tab, but it was um, the No-No song by Ringo Starr. (laughs) I I don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with that, but there was a Regina radio commercial jingle that uh, uh, referenced that song not too long ago. Um, Hmm. You might might recognize it if you hear the song. (laughs) It was popular on on all the radio stations. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're getting a little insight into Tab's <laughs> musical taste. Uh, there, there is something, though, um, perhaps a little uncomfortable to bring up in relation to Tab. Uh, you may, you may or may not know this, but I was able to sneak out of the sub basement and uh, and come mm. to the festival. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw Tab, which was uh, which was a delight. Uh, but afterwards, I was talking with Mark Spooner, and mm. he he remarked that when Tab's around, you you never are around, Eric. And vice versa. Oh, well, that, that's interesting to make note of. But uh, as as many will have noticed on Sunday, I was filming Tab interacting with the uh, uh, festivity goers. <laughs> okay, because we and, we were uh, we were worried that there was going to, was oh, going no, to come to the there's, an uncomfortable there's, conclusion. There is clear evidence that uh, Tab and I can be in the same place at the same time. Oh, good. Because we thought maybe that uh, you and Tab were not getting along. No, it's just we, you know, we know each other so, for so long. We don't really need to always, you know, hang out with each other. So, uh, you know, we're like ships in the night. Okay, that's good. Good. That's good to know. 
Okay, because we, uh, we, we had this idea that maybe there was some uh, acrimony or discord behind the scenes. Oh, no, no. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that you no, and Tab are capable of being... Tab texts, together. you know, tabs, Tab will text me and be like, yo, what's up? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. We're on good terms, yeah. That, that, is, that is cool. Um, so what, uh, what music did people get treated to this Swamp Fest? You know, quite a, quite a range of music this year. Um, I'd say that Friday night was kind of like a good, like kind of grab bag of like the styles of Swamp Fest. Um, we had uh, Regina's Flashback, which are kind of a rising young band and Winnipeg's Mahogany Frog, which are kind of like a <laughs> intense kind of psychedelic freak out <laughs> kind of music. And uh, that really kind of like set the stage, I think, for the rest of the weekend. But uh, yeah, Saturday we had a lot of like kind of shoegazy bands on the island mixed with kind of rock and roll and that kind of stuff and some kind of electronic R&B kind of elements as well. Uh, and then Sunday was very much like a chill kind of folk, folky, rocky, kind of indie rocky kind of country vibe. <laughs> so it's a bit of everything. We like to kind of make a, a, a swamp water concoction out of music. Nice. And does this play into, because we have just a few weeks before Swamp Fest, we have Folk Fest. Mm -hmm. What are you guys, curation wise, what are you guys going for to distinguish yourself from other festivals in the city? Uh, um, We'd like to kind of, you know, pick uh, uh, bands and musicians that we feel like could get a bit more of a spotlight on them that might not maybe make their way into other kind of festivities in Regina or Saskatchewan surrounding areas. So we like to kind of like pick bands that we know are really neat and interesting and kind of like uh, tie them together and bring them here. Right on. Uh, was it, what else did you guys have going on uh, apart from music? Uh, we had uh, on the island, we had the Swamp Swarm, which is kind of like a group of young swamplings, I would say, that uh, usually kind of <clears throat> lead the crowd in 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 uh, kind of a sort of yoga <laughs> um, and and they will pop in and out and they'll, they'll kind of with the crowd and stuff like that. And then we also had, um, uh, give me a second, I'm going to have to look up his name to kind of get it pronounced correctly here. We had a special guest on the ferry boat ride um, who was new to Swamp Fest this year. He is uh, the Sir Reginald Rafe, um, who is a world-renowned gentleman industrialist explorer who uh, led the ferrygoers to the island and kind of gave them, you know, some stories and some insight into Swampfest and the surrounding areas. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, I noticed him. He had the most uh, impressive mustache. <clears throat> Uh, yes. of of the entire like the entire yeah. sort of festival yeah I mean, they, and when you've got a bunch of all country and shoegaze musicians that's really that's really saying something mm-hmm. also yeah. on friday night at our our friday venue we had a special guest from saskatoon Lindsay uh, rowski uh she did like analog projections onto the bands using like liquids and materials to create patterns to project onto the bands mm. yeah that was really cool yeah, I, I heard about that. I, I missed that, but I heard it was I heard it was really really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the uh, YWCA portion, uh, is this the first time you guys have had evening shows outside of uh, Willow Island, or because I can't remember, it's been it's been a little while. 
Mm. Swamp no, in the in the past we the past uh, two Swamp Fests we had the the soundstage as our venue, which was very close to Willow Island, so people could kind of hop off the ferry and walk over to the soundstage. Uh, but that venue didn't work out for us this year, so we were looking around for spaces and something that is kind of not typically a venue, I guess, and something that would kind of turn into something swampy for us. Uh, so, so this space is a really unique uh, kind of gymnasium space, kind of classic gymnasium, but it has like lots of mirrors in it. Like two out of the four Ooh. walls have just like nothing but mirrors. So it's a really interesting space to use projections and, and uh, kind of create uh, atmosphere through lighting and reflection. Yeah, it's really, really cool space. And the, the staff there were really amazing to work with. And uh, yeah, we did like donation drives and a 50-50 tickets um, donation as well towards the YWCA this year. So it was a really good partnership. Nice. And apparently that room uh, used to be a pool. So no, that's not true. It's not? <laughs> there's two gyms down there. There's a, no there's way. A, there's a gym next door to that gym that used to be the pool. Really? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's also a very cool, interesting Resting space. Uh, I think right now it's rented out for as a, as a like uh, uh, as a sort of exercise gymnasium. I, I was gonna all the mirrors made, made like when you describe the mirrors, it sounds like a dance studio. Yeah, it's a bit more yeah. like a our 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 venue is a bit more like a dance studio turned into a psychedelic reflective uh, trippy zone. I guess. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. So we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community mm-hmm. Radio, and we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau talking with Eric Hill from Swamp Fest about Swamp Fest. Uh, how was it getting back to Swamp Festing after a couple of years uh, away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Uh, and uh, I think we're all kind of like, you know, having those two years off, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of programming in the meantime, and we stayed in connected and did a lot of stuff through Swamp Fest. But the actual like putting festival on, yeah, it's like getting back into that was quite a lot to kind of like relearn, I guess. And uh it's been it was great. And by we just like if we had, had it, you know, right afterwards, if we had had the festivals back to back, uh we probably would have like carried on a few more things. But because of the the gap between them, like we were just kind of relearning some stuff. <laughs> and so that that was really interesting. It's kind of like if you hadn't ridden a bicycle, you know, for 10 years or something like that. And just kind of like the experience of it was uh, interesting to get back into. It's very like fun and it's very like kind of relearning. Right. So this was your third Swamp Fest that had like, you know, music and events. This would be the fourth actually. Really? Technically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I was just thinking that if, we're, if it were not for, covid causing yeah. this like break you guys would be at like the middle of your first decade of swamp fests yeah and probably like facing that like middle of the first decade burnout and now you don't have right right we don't have that we have we have a different burn <laughs> we've, we've yeah. got we're just kind of you know just uh we we've been doing this you know all year and it really has been like kind of a uh a very interesting experience to kind of redevelop it back up from like but kind of ground up a bit again. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So has the crew stayed pretty constant? Like, has everybody, did it, the crew stay together through the uh, pandemic? Yeah, there's been, there was like kind of a, uh, um, we had a certain crew that started off at the start of the pandemic. And then we had some people that kind of come and go throughout the past two years. 
but there's been like a solid three or so of us that have been throughout the whole experience of SwanFest. Um, and yeah, our yeah our teams are always really great, and this year has been a really exceptional team. Awesome. Uh, so, and do you guys have an idea? Like, have you started talking about next year? Or is it still too <laughs> early for that? Uh, we usually start talking about it pretty soon after uh, the festival. So I'm sure we'll be at least stewing up some stuff for next year pretty soon. Um, I'm sure, like even right now, while we have stuff fresh in our our brains, uh, we'll be we'll be chatting and figuring out some stuff that we could definitely do uh, for next year. I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, I really liked the poster this year. Yeah. Who did that? Mm-hmm. The, the poster was designed by Gavin DeLint, um, local Regina artist. And um, when we were communicating with him at the start, uh, we just kind of like wanted it to be kind of a party poster with all the kind of characters that we've developed over the years that happen to kind of sometimes pop up in relation to Swamp Fest. Um, and so we gave him some characters and, you know, of course, tab and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he kind of ran with it and also kind of created, created his own couple of characters uh, who are really cool. And they yeah. just like fit the vibe of Swamp Fest. But that's, that's something that we often do with artists is kind of give them some stuff to work with and then let them kind of add their own twist and, you know, interesting kind of like takes on the Swamp Fest ideas and lore. Uh, yeah. And so great to see what he took from previous years and kind of created his own stuff as well. Yeah. So I've just called it up here. It has a real, like, it's got like that hot rod uh, cartoon <laughs> vibe to it. Yeah. Um, so who, like, can you tell me like who the characters are? Cause there's like tab out in the front and we've got a goose off to the right. Well, we yeah, know the goose. The, the goose is Honk Gooserman who ran for mayor yeah. last year. Oh wait, not last year, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Honk Gooserman seems to, you know, pop into existence every once in a while, I guess, when he's in town. Um, and then, yeah, there's a handful of other characters. I could I can bring up the names if you give me a moment here. Um, okay, so we've got, uh, of course, we've got Tab. We've got uh, Eyeball Paul, who is the mustachioed um, fellow, I guess, with eyeballs in his hands. Yeah. And then there's Carl Thulu, uh, who's, uh, who's possibly a Cthulhu, I believe, uh, type uh, character. And then there's Pigtail Gale, uh, who seems to have three eyes, I believe. Yeah. Three eyeballs. Yeah, blue no, hair. More, five. Five eyeballs and pigtails. And eyeballs on the pigtails. Yeah, just, there's, just a, just, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of eyeballs this year. <laughs> just the right amount of eyeballs. And then, um, of course, the translator, Abby Colgate Locks, who you are familiar with. You've yep, had on your right. show in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Sundress Sally um, has the blue hair there. And uh, I'm not sure if she made it on the poster, but there's also the new newscaster um, whose name escapes me at this moment. <laughs> but uh, we've had, a new, we've had you know, several newscasters in the past pop up from the yeah. SCN. CN Network, Swampy Communications Network. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. Cool. Well, that's fantastic. Um, do, do you do you have like uh, every year you guys do stuff on the YouTubes and have uh, you've you've been building this lore? Uh, I don't want to break kayfabe too much on it, but like, how much work do you guys put into this, or is this like largely uh, improvised? Um, 
you know, there's there's always a bit of uh, scripting and um, I guess storyboarding ahead of time of, of these things. And then there's also like an element of just kind of seeing how things go <laughs> and, uh, and kind of running with it and having some fun on the moment. And, and, you know, there's certain things that like once people get into character or get into costume or, or, or sorry, once the, once the uh, talent gets on the scene, um, uh, you know, things, things kind of change a bit and uh, you kind of realize that there's funnier elements or, or more of an interesting kind of like angle to it. Nice. That's awesome. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Just closing mm-hmm. that down. <laughs> did you, did you happen to see the, the music video that was released uh, a few weeks before Swamp Fest? No, <laughs> no we missed it. Oh, you should check it out. Um, uh, it's called treat me like scum. Uh, it was, it was created by the pop, uh, the swamp pop artist Shelly. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's quite a, quite a summer, summer hit. You know, it's, it's probably the song of the summer. Oh. Yeah. At least on Willow Island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. F- finally taking over from Lizzo, song of the summer. Yeah. You can find it on our Facebook and our, on the Instagram at the moment. I, I still have to upload it to YouTube. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was going to look for it there. Okay. Well, I'll check it out later. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So where do people find more, uh, like find Swamp Fest and Swamp Fest related material? Yeah. So Right now, we we just have Facebook and Instagram. We we have a lot of people interact with us on Instagram quite, uh, quite a bit there. Uh, we haven't delved into you know the TikTok territories or the um, or, or uh, I, I believe it's actually referred to as stick stock on Willow Island. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We haven't we haven't uh, <laughs> downloaded the stick stock app, uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we kind of just keep it there, uh, a lot of stuff on Instagram, and uh, we have a website, swampfest.ca, uh, where we, we kind of have some past archives of the past years and stuff like that, uh, so people can find the previous bands and some photos and stuff like that from the previous years, um, and uh, there should be also, like, video links and stuff like that uh, in the archives on the website as well. Awesome. And merch? I, was it... You used to have the pins. You had awesome pins, right? We still, yep. we, we have we we still have a lot of pins. <laughs> so we we decided to just try to sell those this year. Uh, and uh, things, you know, uh, as much as we we were prepared ahead of time, it was a bit harder to get the the pins kind of lined up. So we just thought we'd kind of get get people our previous year's pins this year. But uh, yeah, the pins are always great. Um, I definitely have a collection of them on most of my jackets <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm sure next year we'll have, we'll have pins again. Good. Right on. So but this year, this year we did have stickers. Nice. We had, we had, nice. uh, we had stickers d- the printed off uh, from Gavin Dillon's uh, designs. And uh, so people got packages of those when they, re- when they donated at the YWCA. Yeah. Swamp Fest seems to be a show or a show. It seems to be an event <laughs> that you guys have put on that uh, would really lend itself to creative merch. Like it seems like the, the yeah. sky would be the limit on that. Yeah. Yeah. We always do t-shirts. Yeah. Um, we've talked about selling other things like tab candles um, nice. and uh, you know, possibly some other things. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, uh, like tab bongs, right? Yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's always ideas for, for merch. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting it all lined up and, 
t-shirts and pins are, are a reliable uh, uh, thing to sell. People really like those. Yeah. So how are you hoping to grow for next year? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, we just like to slowly grow probably, but um, I know one of our, our members on our board, Avery, she was also on a CJTR radio show and she was asked a similar question. And um, I think she suggested that we somehow magnetize the islands within Wascana Lake to all like gravitate towards one island so that it's a bigger island. And then, and then we'll mm-hmm. have more, we'll have more stuff happen on the, on little island once we bring like all the islands together. So like forming like a Wascana Pangea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, our plans are just to geoform uh, Wascana Lake at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But, it's know, awesome. Just like bring in, bring in, you know, fun, awesome, good bands and, and always just kind of, uh, you know, search for, for new fresh things and and uh, bring expose people of Regina to awesome music. So we'll just kind of expand on 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 those those factors. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing how Regina is becoming a city that has like through the summer months because we have such a you know we have such a short period of time where you can leave your house. But you know, starting with the arts festival in May, through mm-hmm. to. Um, just attended uh, this weekend also was the um, Taste of the Philippines in Cathedral. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like there's, 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 a cons- there's an interesting, worthwhile event somewhere in sort of like, you know, central Regina every single weekend almost that you should attend through that, through those, through those you know, those, those months where you can like leave your house. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a lot this summer and it was all quite well attended. It was really really yeah. fun to be mm-hmm. back out and uh, joining in on the on the events in the city yeah yeah really we just need some like we need a good fall event to, like <laughs> end things off like like burning a wicker man or something right <laughs> right or a giant or a gigantic tab yeah mm. yeah um you know there's something place that that uh, sometimes burns uh uh, interesting objects. So perhaps oh, like a fireplace, perhaps. Yeah, true. So yeah. perhaps that could uh, make its way there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for, uh, thanks a lot for coming out and uh, giving us a Swamp Fest wrap up. No problem. Yeah. Thanks again for having us on and uh, yeah, bring us on anytime we're doing something swampy. Yeah. Well, just let us know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, we should go to Innovative Revenue Tools. All right. Do we have any of those? We do not. All right. Well, let's go to the pre-made ones that the station so helpfully supplies. But first, a Swamp Fest sound. And we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Such excellent tools. They really, really are. Sharp where they need to be, sandy and rough where they need to be, and smooth and velvety where they need to be. Things you really hope to have in tools. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm not familiar with any velvety tools, but I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are situations. Like a polishing thing. Yeah. For, buff something. Yeah, exactly. Get, get the buffer, you say, and it would be terrible if uh, this buffer is like rough and not at all velvety. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, 
if you're an innovative revenue tool as supplied by CGTR, that's not a problem. So, hey, uh, <laughs> hey I, yeah, don't, I don't know where to go with talk of like imaginary tools. So uh, <laughs> You're going to segue right out of that by just saying, hey, let's do something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so council has been uh, pretty quiet for the last uh, summary months. They took, some yeah. time. they took some weeks off, which has been pretty, uh, so it's been pretty quiet at City Hall. Uh, they've had an executive committee meeting. And then um, the, there's, an, there's a council meeting coming up tomorrow, which will actually be yesterday when this airs. Mm -hmm. But at it is a report that, frankly, I did not expect to see uh, this quickly. In fact, I didn't expect to see it because I didn't know this report was coming. It is a report from the Integrity Commissioner, Angela Crook, and it is about Councillor Trina Shaw. But it is not a report in response to the uh, complaint, the integrity complaint that was lodged with her by members of the public from a few months ago, which we talked about uh, here in the Queen City Improvement Bureau. This is another integrity complaint. So this has nothing to do with Tarina Shaw's Tales of Wanderers. No, it doesn't. No, this this is something completely different. Um, the, The way that it works is that if somebody makes a complaint with the integrity commissioner about a counselor, it's actually kept uh, in, like, it's kept confidential. And the integrity commissioner then takes some time to, like, determine if this is a legitimate uh, complaint or if uh, it's just frivolous. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, this, the, there's wisdom here in that it protects, it protects counselors from just, you know, vendettas and, and cruel, petty people who just want to, you know, cause a ruckus for no yeah. reason. Exactly. And so, yeah. However, if the integrity commissioner determines that there is some merit to a complaint uh, and they t- decide to go on and to investigate it, then eventually this, uh, the results of this uh, investigation will end up having to become public. That's part of the process. And so the, uh, the integrity commissioner's recommendations go to city council and city council makes the final decision about how one of their own uh, should be dealt with uh, based on these recommendations. So this is actually... This report is in response to a complaint made by another city councillor. Ward 3's three's Andrew Stevens lodged this complaint with the Integrity Commissioner about his fellow councillor, Tarina Shaw. What the hey? Yeah. We are in such uncharted territory here with Councillor Shaw. Uh, There has not been, to my knowledge, a complaint lodged with the integrity commissioner that has become public, uh, let alone that we know that there's like this one and another one that uh, is being investigated. This is uh, this is unprecedented. This is crazy. This is what we're going through. It is it is exciting. I, I will I will give it that. So yeah. do you do you think the integrity counselor in there will say that Andrew Stevens of Ward Three is a liberal snowflake who got triggered when when Councillor Shaw? destroyed him with facts and logic is that is that what you think is going to happen i don't know if that narrative is going to be coming from the integrity commissioner but i expect that we may hear that uh that line of reasoning at some point here but i'm you know don't want to get myself in hot water by uh, making some guesses about who's going to be making that uh, statement fair fair enough i mean i was wondering maybe if she like jumped up and showed it go woke get broke during the middle of like 
Andrew, like, you know, doing a walk on motion or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I'm just, I'm just guessing. Well, do you want to hear what happened? I, you know, I like my, I like my guesses quite a bit, but I do actually like to know what happened. There was, uh, so first of all, the, the complaint actually listed a series of um, issues that Councillor Stevens uh, argued apparently contravened the, uh, the integrity and behavior, you know, guidelines for city councillors. Uh, so the, the, like a whole list of them. The integrity commissioner in this report has said that uh, she determined that most of these complaints could be dealt with in another fashion and has decided not to investigate them. She only investigated one out of the list of complaints. And this is what this is this is the complaint that she's investigating. And it's that during a January 19th, 2022 meeting that was uh, being conducted through Microsoft Teams, so online, uh, Councillor Shaw said to, through text, through the text chat, said to Councillor Zakidniak, quote, Shannon, can you please leave your lecturing to a personal conversation instead of wasting my time, end quote. And the integrity commissioner has determined that this was not like... You are supposed to, according to the the rules of conduct, you're supposed to conduct yourself in a fashion that's like respectful and um, professional with your council colleagues. And the, the integrity commissioner has determined that this is not this was not the case in this instance, and has decided that this was worthy of investigation. And the integrity commissioner has uh, in, in, interviewed four other people, spoken with the complainant, Councillor Stevens. And with uh, the complainee, or the well, with Councillor Shaw, of course, was interviewed for this. I'm presuming of the four people, like Councillor Zakidniak would also have been interviewed. I don't know that for a fact, but I think I can read between the lines here. It would, it would make sense. Yeah. 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 And uh, so the end result of this is that uh, the, the integrity commissioner has, like, you know, done all this work and has determined that Councillor Shaw needs, needs some lessons on how to, you know, be respectful and yeah. behave behave respectfully to people. So I'm just surprised because, uh, I mean, Councillor Shaw is a, is a disability advocate and, mm-hmm. uh, and has done so many good things that uh, it amazes me that she would be respectful. Or if she does something perceived as disrespectful, that she should ever be held accountable. That... That is outrageous to me that she's ever held accountable for any of the stuff she does or says or just makes up on the fly. Right. In because, meetings. of course, if you do something nice, you're, you're now above the, the integrity commitment. That's right. You do one good thing and I like it. So it, it evens out and it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a credit you know, on that side of the ledger. And like everything else, you just goes toward that credit. Like So she would have to do something really terrible to move back onto the other side of the ledger again. Yeah, I, I I think I think the ethics, uh, the ethics office is doing it all wrong, is what I'm saying. Wow. Well, you know, I think she only has a three year term. So, Aiden, if you want to like move up in city hall, perhaps you could become an integrity commissioner. I, man, yes, yes, I do. I, I I have a radical approach to ethics that I think it's high time the city adopted. Well, you know, these are these are the days of the wild west where it comes to like the way we behave in public and to other people. Maybe we need more of that at city council, not less. I'm actually now curious, though, what the other what the other complaints were that right? were deemed, you know, un, you know, insufficient to be escalated to an actual investigation. Yeah, because I gotta say, like, I'm 
Councillor Shaw's response to this was that uh, I thought this was just a private message to Councillor Zakidniak. And the, the integrity commissioner has responded, well, that kind of really doesn't matter. But still, you've been trained in teams. You should know how to send a private message and how to, you know, avoid. Because this was a meeting. Uh, this wasn't just council that was meeting. There were representatives from the Regina Home Builders Association were actually, uh, you know, speaking at this meeting. So this... Uh, this little bit of council infighting was broadcast to the development community. And now they know uh, how uh, Councillor Shaw treats Councillor Zakidniak. So I think that added a bit of, I don't know, gravitas to the situation. Or, or a lot of gravitas to, to yeah. the situation. But I don't yeah. know, like, you know, the, the comment is, is kind of cruddy, but does it warrant a, a complaint with the, with the integrity commissioner? And I think the thing that, uh, according to the report, Councillor Stevens has responded that, you know, if you're only investigating this one incident, like this is, this is representative of a pattern of behavior from Councillor mm -hmm. Shaw, as, as, you know, would be demonstrated by the list of other items that were in his complaint that we don't get to see because they remain confidential. Right. What I really enjoyed was watching uh, council meetings, uh, recorded council meetings, uh, when Councillor Shaw's mic is not on, and not all the time, but fairly regularly, you can see her mouthing things to to herself that are you can kind of understand what she's saying, but more yeah. importantly, the other councillors can see it because they're in the room with her and they know exactly what's on her mind. And I don't know if that's a, a, a tactic on on uh, Councillor Shaw's part or whether. Whether she's just not really paying attention to what her mouth is doing while she's sitting there, I, I don't know. But right. either way, you could tell what Shaw thinks of certain things when you watch her talk to herself yeah. off mic. Well, and beyond that, I mean, we have, since this council, you know, took their seats on that first day at City Hall and Henry Baker Hall, we've been in a situation where a lot of our shows have been absorbed by discussing the crackers and frankly <laughs> insulting and awful things that Councillor Shaw has said during meetings, you know, in full public view and mm. being recorded for television. The pattern of behavior, I, I think it exists. It's, it's been well yeah. documented yeah, outside yeah, of this yeah. confidential. And we've actually uh, on our website, queencityib.com, uh, in the memos section, I've posted a bunch of, uh, I've posted some videos and some audio from council meetings uh, that you know, dang, it has like absorbed so much <laughs> council time. Uh, well, council, like public attention for council has definitely gone up because of some of the stuff that councillors, yeah. councillor Shaw has said. Yeah, I think, I think actually after, I think once Bob Hawkins, councillor Hawkins sort of mellowed a bit and uh, we, we needed that next big draw. We need yeah. the next lightning rod for controversy and that, and, and, and Councillor Shaw has has raised that that rod high. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think to digress. I still think Councillor Hawkins is probably the most quotable councillor, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I I don't know what we'd do without him. Like, yeah, we'd, we'd we'd have we'd have fewer quotes. We'd have to we'd have to get like um, we have to get Councillor Stevens to step up. Yeah, uh, and and deliver more. Maybe maybe I could like write write some lines for him. There, okay. need to, there needs to be more stirring speeches, for sure. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, and and that's why you're going to hear uh, Councillor Stevens start quoting uh, Shakespeare and uh, 
talking about we 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 happy few and stuff like that. Nice. There's a bit in here uh, towards the end of the report where uh, the integrity commissioner, when she was when she was back and forthing with Councillor Shaw, who's the respondent in this situation. All right. Uh, this is a quote from the report. When I questioned the respondent about how she could have gotten her concerns across in a different way, she could not think of an alternative way, which tells me that this method of communication is common for her and that she could benefit with some training or education on effective communication. Let me, so let me get this straight. So when, when the ethics commissioner said, could, could you think of a way of like t- of t- talking with Councillor Stanichuk without insulting her in front of everyone in the room. Uh, Councillor Shaw was, well, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this one. How about not saying anything? How about let's stick to the matter at hand, yeah. Councillor? How about anything yeah. but what she actually did? Oh, absolutely. It kind of speaks to, Councillor Shaw didn't really, it's almost like she didn't really want to avoid the consequences by just politicking here or mm-hmm. you know toning down her her Tarina Shaughness and uh yeah, I kind of actually respect that <laughs> she 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 says what she thinks she yeah. shows what she thinks yeah I, I don't I don't want to make up like provincial campaign slogans for her but she shows what she thinks yeah that's what I think might be ha- might end up happening here is that I don't know that we're going to get an apology because I think that's one of the things that was uh requested here is an apology and uh I, I'm just I'm just really waiting for like something crazy to happen so I can like roll out variations on Shawshank Redemption for for, for her. Oh so wow, she has know. to have one first. She, she needs one. She needs that redemption. Mm-hmm. It'll be the Shaw something redemption. I haven't quite worked it out yet, but it's it's coming. I know it's it's got to happen at some point. There's another another element here. I'm concerned about how it will be used and how it'll be presented. This integrity commissioner uh, investigation took 38.7 hours and uh, the re- of resources and time. And the integrity commissioner is chalking this up to a total cost of $13,702.95. Yeah. And I think it would be very easy to sort of like argue um, the city just spent $13,000 chasing its tail because a counselor made sort of like a mildly objectionable remark accidentally in the public chat of a meeting. Like, I think there's a way to spin this that makes it look like a pretty absurd process uh, and, a, and an absurd thing to have had happened. The, I, can, I can see that. I can see how that could be framed that way. Yeah. And if you don't look at it in the context of right. there's another integrity commissioner complaint that's being dealt with for other egregious things that Councillor Shaw has said. And I have had people reach out to me who would corroborate claims that this is a pattern of behavior that extends beyond just Councillor Shaw's council behavior. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in the larger context, I how don't about, know. Uh, how about we could frame it this way between like, you know, one and ethics uh, investigation. Another is that Tarina Shaw will end up being probably one of the most expensive and costly wow. counselors we've had and and uh, and a unique burden on the municipal taxpayer. That's an excellent point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's um, just sitting there costing us money by her thoughtlessness. Would yeah. be would be a way to frame it if if one wanted to frame it in such a way. 
Yeah. And on top of that, she's also, I think it's pretty safe to say, uh, based on, you know, with the other integrity complaint, it resulted in some very angry letters mm-hmm. from the, you know, uh, the FSIN and uh, other First Nations groups. Uh, she has also been costly in terms of community goodwill that mm-hmm. has been burned uh, through yep. some of her statements. And uh, just the reputation uh, of counsel has taken a serious hit because yep. of the way that she approached things like the uh, conversion therapy ban. Yeah, I mean, we have we have our counsel. I think we have some really good counselors mm-hmm. on this route. I have, like hardworking, like hardworking counselors, like ones that really care about the wards that they represent, uh, and some are very experienced. And all that is eclipsed by Shaw's antics. I mean, and I mean, you, you can you can see it because that's look what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's I, I think I, I think it's just a disservice overall. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Counselor Shaw is not like a across the board, uh, terrible counselor. She occasionally asks like really good questions. Uh, She is good when it comes like, you know, she's concerned about the bottom line and, you know, Mm -hmm. how much spending is getting out of control and is asking good questions about, you know, how many managers are we hiring for things like the library versus uh, frontline staff and, you know, how efficiency and Things of that nature. She's really strong on, and and you know, of course, on her uh, accessibility advocacy. Uh, I, I think people will miss that that she there is good work that she's doing mm-hmm. because of all of this. You know, the circus that, that comes out of her mouth. There's a circus in my mouth, and and everybody has to uh, pay admission. Um, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Uh, but anyway, or it's like that scene in in RRR. That movie on Netflix. Oh, there's a great scene where the the hero leaps out of this uh, vehicle, and a whole bunch of animals, like like tigers and deer, just leap out with him, and it's the most awesome shot in the entire world. But yes, it's uh, think of that, but like Trina Shaw and and a circus leaping out onto the council yeah. floor. Uh, we're on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio for the Queen City mm-hmm. Improvement Bureau. Indeed. One last thing from this report is worth noting, and it could, I think it's arguably the most important thing in this entire report. The meeting that this investigation centered on, on January 19th, 2022, this was a virtual meeting with representatives of the Regina and Region Home Builders Association, where they presented their accommodating growth paper in a private, unofficial setting with city council in a meeting that has not been recorded, that the media did not attend, that the public didn't know about. And we're only learning about this if in any official capacity because of this report. Uh, yeah. Love this, it. Is, this is the accommodating growth report is effectively the Regina Region Home Builders Association responding to you know, the pressure for more density and more intensification in the city and uh, skepticism around greenfield development. And basically Hmm. it's an attempt to control the narrative around greenfield growth versus uh, infill and intensification. I've read most of the report. I don't like, it's it's not the worst thing I've ever read on these subjects, but it does very much try to vindicate greenfield development as being sustainable and uh, not sprawl when it is clearly 
not sustainable and is in fact sprawl, but it's trying <laughs> to redefine these terms in a way that's friendly to the interests of the Regina Region Homebuilders Association. And they got to present this report and take answer questions of council in a private session. Oh, very nice. While in the background, city administration are writing a report in response to the density from market choice of housing motion that Hawkins, Brashani, and Moore brought forward. And while administration was also writing a report on intensification. So hmm. if we go into these meetings where these two reports are being discussed, shouldn't be any surprise if we hear councillors parroting talking points from the Regina Region Home Builders Association because they were talking to, they were talking with this association, you know, behind the scenes in the lead up to these reports coming out. And this is in addition to when the density motion was brought forward, Hawkins and Bershani asked that, you know, when you're doing this research, you must make sure that you consult with developers because developers need to be consulted about this stuff. So developers got consulted at that point. Developers were also consulted through their own sessions when the OCP, the official community plan, was written. And yet, and now they get this like third opportunity to speak with council outside of channels that involve the public. And I don't know about you, but I've never been invited to uh, city council to give like a private presentation about my thoughts on uh, density and intensification and the perils of sprawl. Uh, the, all that has to be done. The public only gets to talk to council in open council meetings. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's nice that this came out because otherwise there would have been no way short of this, you know, that this meeting was, uh, you know, somebody like leaked the fact that this meeting happened. I don't know that any of us would have found out that this officially, that this meeting had happened. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I say, ah. So, yeah. Uh, so a very, very interesting report. It will have been discussed at city council yesterday when everybody's hearing this or a few days ago, if you're listening to the, uh, the podcast version of the Queen City Improvement Bureau radio mm -hmm. show podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see if, uh, if Councillor Shaw faces any uh, consequences uh, from this, this incident. And uh, I'll be curious to see if we get another report from the Integrity Commissioner about uh, other things Shaw said. And I'll also be curious if there's any fallout uh, for City Council for having taken private meetings with the Home Builders Association. Oh, uh, well, yes, I'm sure. I'm sure somebody will take note. Yeah. Maybe those who listen to our program. Okay, so last thing I just wanted to draw people's attention to is uh, there's a fantastic YouTube channel called Not Just Bikes. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, made by a dude who uh, was born and raised in London, Ontario, and uh, decided that he kind of hated the way that uh, North American cities are built. And uh, so he moved to Netherlands, the Netherlands, uh, to raise his family because it is more biking and pedestrian friendly, more healthy, and uh, wanted his kids to grow up someplace where uh, society had not uh, handed handed the reins over to the automobile. And he just posted a video uh, this week called Crossing the Street Shouldn't Be Deadly, But It Is. And it's about a half hour long, and it talks about uh, all the perils that pedestrians face when they're just trying to cross the street. It's a phenomenal video, and uh, when you like, when you run down the chapter titles, it's uh, he talks about things like beg buttons, like buttons you have to push if you want to cross the street, mm -hmm. uh, cars being allowed to turn right on the red light, um, countdown timers, 
uh, how wide streets are. Uh, slip lanes. Slip lanes are those like right-hand turn lanes that allow cars to just like go right and there's really no control over how pedestrians are able to cross that and they're quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he talks about, you know, some of the, he talks about solutions, solutions that they've used in the Netherlands to make life more better for pedestrians. And um, also some of the pedestrian solutions that have been, you know, built here in North America uh, and how they all kind of stink. <laughs> yes. Like uh, over, like pedestrian overpasses, which are just monstrous and terrible and nobody ever uses them. Uh, they're massively expensive and uh, they're terrible things. Yes. And um, uh, and the the most the most egregious thing and he, which he singles out, uh, what I I saw were pedestrian flags. Yeah, this absurd like orange flags that you're supposed to pick up as you walk across these ultra wide streets, uh, but meant not not to make you more safe. And, and actually, this reveals I think the game. It's not really to make the pedestrians safe. It's to make the pedestrians more liable. If yep. they get hit, because yep. then, then you know, uh, someone can turn around and say, "Well, did you did you pick up a pedestrian flag to wave in front of you as you go?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the all of the problems with this video flags, with the exception of pedestrian flags, uh, are things that have been that, that exist in Regina in you know countless locations. So. Um, I think anybody who uh, watches this video, one of the things that I think is striking about it is you kind of completely internalize that this is the way that a city has to be built. And you mm-hmm. kind of even like accept the fact that, well, of course I have to like push a button to cross the street because I wouldn't want to slow down the cars. And uh, the video does an excellent job of sort of like piercing that assumption and saying, hang on a second, streets don't have to be built like that. Pedestrians don't have to wait. Cars don't need to be prioritized. Uh, and it seems to be like an element of his entire YouTube project is to pierce a lot of the assumptions that people have about the way cities are built around cars. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I would just like, I would urge people to watch this. Uh, it really puts a lot of um, the terrible urban planning that Regina has into perspective. And if you have an intersection or a crossing that you hate, let us know, go to Queen City IB on, uh, on the Twitters and uh, tell us about your horrible experiences crossing the street here we will we will read them out loud yeah absolutely all and right we will, and, and we will dox you so people can come after you we would never do that. we will never do that yeah much all right i'm not going to yes and that <laughs> yeah apparently we're not supposed to be making jokes about doxing on this show so no. there you go all right on that note we have pretty much run out of time yep all right then uh should we adjourn i think we should All right, uh, I move to adjourn then. I second that motion. Then the motion is carried. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CGTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, Tune into the community. Uh, Yeah, we are broadcast uh, Thursday evenings, 7 to 8, and rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us on uh, on the radio on cgtr.ca slash podcasts as well on um, Queen City IB on our Twitter feed and queencityib.com on the web. Uh, coming up next, what do we have? We've got Nerdcore Cabaret and there's more programming and there's music all on through the night so stick around. Anyway, at any rate, that's it. Keep on improving your journey.